Hey everybody, Pastor Jake here. Just want to say Merry Christmas. I hope that you are with friends and family, hopefully gathered around a nice fireplace like I have here with the Christmas tree and we're celebrating Christmas together. Thank you so much for joining us on the live stream or watching on replay today. I'm going to just take a few moments and share a quick thought with you about making room in our life for Christ here on Christmas. Obviously, if you're watching this, you're one of the real ones, right? If you're watching church on Christmas Day and the kids haven't completely overtaken you with presents and all of that, then you're doing great. So I'm not going to take a whole lot of your time today, but there is something we want to look at together. I want to talk about somebody in the Christmas story who doesn't get a lot of press at all, but if he does, typically it's sort of bad press, and that is the innkeeper. Just to refresh you on the Christmas story, you know, we know that Joseph and Mary are going down because of a census to Bethlehem. Mary's pregnant with the baby Jesus. She's about ready to give birth. And in this kind of traditional version of the Christmas story, Joseph and Mary show up in the, the snow. It's pitch black dark, even though it probably wasn't snowing and it probably wasn't even dark in reality. But in the sort of classic Christmas story, they're there. They go to this inn. They knock on the door and the innkeeper in kind of a calloused way with this big beard and his broom. He's like, hey, we have no room for you. And he sends him out, though, to this uh, stable where Jesus is then born. We can see this in the scripture because it's a little bit different than maybe that classic Christmas story. It says in Luke chapter 2, verse 4, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. So maybe not quite as dramatic as what uh, is typically looked at in the Christmas story. In verse 7, it says, And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now, I hate to ruin your classic Christmas story uh, image of the late night, you know, trying to get into this, this inn, but the innkeeper uh, almost certainly was not some calloused business owner sending this family out into the cold. Uh, almost certainly in this small village of Bethlehem, Joseph was actually going to a family member and there just wasn't room for Joseph and Mary. And so what we see here is this innkeeper, it's not that it's this sinful, calloused, evil, sort of uh, profiteering business owner. It's probably a family member that was doing their best to house and feed and bring everybody in, and there just simply wasn't room by the time Joseph and Mary had uh, come to Bethlehem. But I wanna just look at a quick lesson here because I think there's something really important for us to learn uh, and think about here at Christmas. You never know when God is going to do something amazing. Because if we had advance notice, you know, if God made an appointment with you and put it in your Google calendar and said, hey, next Tuesday, I'm going to do something incredible. I'm gonna change the world through your life. So go ahead and be ready. It's kind of like for me, I love receiving packages from UPS and FedEx and even the US Postal Service, though there's a little bit more janky. No offense if you're USPS, we love you. Hey, come on, you're doing a great job. But I love to get those notifications like your order has shipped and then the detailed day by day, play by play, especially when it says out for delivery, right? It's my town, my address, and it's out for delivery that day and I can prepare to receive uh, whatever I've ordered. Well, what if God did that with us, right? Oh, on such and such a day, you're gonna meet a person and they're gonna give their life to Jesus or on such and such a day, you're gonna meet your future spouse or whatever it was, these extraordinary things, but that's not what happens, right? Because we'd pray, we wouldn't sin that week, we'd be all completely ready, but that's not what happens. Here's the reality of, what, of how God works. God does extraordinary things on ordinary days. Let me say that again. God does extraordinary things on 
ordinary days. And so what does that mean for us in our life? And how do we even process this lesson with this innkeeper or this family member that had made no room? The, the secret, I think, to living a, a life as a disciple and really something we should do not just at Christmas, but all the time, is make room in our life. Make space. Just clear out that time, whether that's mentally, spiritually, uh, in our finances, in all of these areas, to make room in expectation and faith that God does extraordinary things on ordinary days. And he's not going to give you the tracking number so that you can be ready. He just wants us to be ready uh, ready and, and willing to be used and ready and willing to have that space in our life for God to move. So just a couple of, a couple of quick thoughts today here on Christmas. And I know you've probably got cinnamon rolls cooking and you can smell them and I'll be quick, okay? So we'll, we'll get you out of here quick, but I think this is important. Here's a few ways to make room in our life for Christ at Christmas time. Number one, make room for reconciliation. Who do you need to forgive? Is there anybody in your life is there anyone uh, in your, in your, at, at work, maybe at school, that you have something against, or maybe somebody that has something against you, and you have kind of been shoving it aside, kind of pushing it in the closet, and, and I believe that even here at Christmas time, the Holy Spirit is saying, who do you need to forgive? Who in your life uh, maybe do you need to go to and make some room for reconciliation? What better time than Christmas to say, you know what? Maybe that thing that I've been offended about, maybe that thing that I've been holding on to, it's time to let it go. It's time to make some room for reconciliation. When it comes to forgiveness, this is Christianity 101. Jesus says, if you don't forgive those that have sinned against you, your heavenly Father can't forgive you, won't forgive you. There's something about forgiveness that is the mark of a true son or daughter of God. And Christmas time is a perfect time to say, where in my life is there someone that I need to connect with, reconcile with, so make room for reconciliation. Number two, we need to make room for rest. Okay, now you know I'm doing my alliteration because I'm a pastor, right? So first one is reconciliation, second one is rest. The reality is that we live at a very hurried pace in our life. Christmas time, though it's supposed to be this great time of rest and relaxation, spending time with friends and family, and really celebrating the meaning of the season, even celebrating Christ and His coming to earth and God's great gift of Jesus, oftentimes is one of the busiest times of the year. And we find ourselves not just hurried, but often harried and our soul uh, can get kind of sick. Our soul needs to have some space to take a break and rest. Now here's the thing about rest. Rest is significant because rest is actually an act of worship. Rest is recognizing that I don't make the world go round. My ability to throw the perfect party, my ability to have everything right at Christmas time and the presents under the tree or all the lights on the house or whatever, and then all the important things in life that, that we think about, not just at Christmas, but all the time. Rest says, you know what? I can take a break because I'm not God. I don't make the world go round. And, and as such, it's an act of worship. I want to read you this quote by Abraham Joshua Heschel. He wrote an incredible book on the Sabbath, and I know we're not talking about the Sabbath, we're talking about Christmas, but I think the spirit of what he says here applies. He says, He who wants to enter the holiness of the day must first lay down the profanity of clattering commerce, of being yoked to toil. He must go away from the screech of dissonant days, from the nervousness and fury of acquisitiveness and betrayal and embezzling his own life. He must say farewell to manual work and learn to understand that the world has already been created and will survive without the help of man. Six days a week, we wrestle with the world, wringing profit from the earth. On the Sabbath, we especially care for the seed of eternity planted in 
the soul. The world has our hands, but our soul belongs to someone else. Six days a week, we seek to dominate the world. On the seventh day, we try to dominate the self. So I know we're talking about Christmas. We're not talking about the Sabbath, but could you, through Christ, have Sabbath rest and say, you know what? I'm going to rest from my labors and spend this time here at Christmas making room to let my soul breathe and let my soul know uh, that there is a God in heaven. I'm not him and all the cares and concerns of this world I can lay at his feet and I can enjoy this day and this time that he's given to me. Number three, we need to make room for repentance. You're like, Pastor Jake, it's Christmas. You're talking about repentance. What are you doing? Well, repentance doesn't have to be this massively negative thing where you're you know, weeping your eyes out or whatever. Here's what repentance means. It means doing a 180. You're going one direction and that's the, the trajectory and the pathway of your life. And you go, you know what, God, I, I need to make a shift here. And you turn. In scripture, it's the word metanoia in the Greek language. And it means the changing of the mind. And so here's the question. When's the last time, as you're making space for reconciliation, you're making room for rest. When's the last time that you had a heart-to-heart conversation with God and you made some room? You didn't fill that, that room in your life. You made some room for a conversation with God about the direction you're heading and the decisions you've been making. And again, this doesn't have to be this massive thing that wrecks Christmas, but as you make room in your life, you, you say, Lord, would you show me what, what, which direction I'm going and where I can make some changes to go the direction that you'd like me to go. And what the result of this, and this is why I wanted to say it here on Christmas, is that your soul will be refreshed as you rest, as you repent, as you reconcile. These are things that are like God giving you a Christmas gift for your own soul and spirit. In Psalm 51, verse 7, the psalmist writes, Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. You want to talk about a white Christmas? Want to talk about a wonderful Christmas? Having a clean heart before God is is beautiful and refreshing and wonderful. He says, Give me back my joy again. You have broken me, now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart. O God, renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. When we make room for repentance, the result is not that God loves us more. He he couldn't have loved you more than he already did. And repentance doesn't now mean, now I've won up with God. I've kind of gone up the ladder. What it does is it's good for our soul. It brings us back into alignment with God's purposes and plans. And it's a beautiful gift that God wants to give us this Christmas. So let's make room for repentance. Number four, we need to make room for relationship. Take this time, you know, I know we're watching it, we're watching this here together. We're having this time on Christmas. So um, you're not watching this before Christmas, but on Christmas, uh, it might be too late to invite somebody over. But think about this holiday season with New Year's and all of this time and even moving forward in life and open your home for hospitality. The gospel, uh, there's a famous book that says the gospel comes with a house key. And I love it. It's that the gospel goes along relational lines. Hospitality is powerful. Take the time to sit down and have coffee with someone. Spend some time with your family, some quality time. Maybe today and, and this week, don't, don't be so connected to the college bowl games and so connected to what's going on in the world and the news and the, the stock market and all of that. What if you took some time and said, I'm going to invest in the relationships that God has brought into my life. And when I say invest in them, I mean with intentionality to sit down, look your kids in the eye, look your spouse in the eye, look your friends in the eye, actually connect with them at a deep level. This is a gift God wants to give you for Christmas. Spend some real quality time. The reality is, and we all know this, but it's a good reminder, 
the real riches in life are the relationships we have. Those are what last for eternity, not the presents under the tree, not how nice the house looked and how perfect the Christmas dinner was. Those things are going to be fleeting. I'm not saying they don't mean anything, but they're fleeting, but relationships are forever. So let's invest in those relationships. Okay, now number five, and we'll be done here, and we'll go eat some cinnamon rolls and have fun on Christmas. This one that I want to give you to make room for does not start with R. So just to thwart my naysayers, I don't always alliterate. I'm just throwing a wrench in the works here. We need to make room for generosity. Make room for generosity. Uh, make room in your budget this holiday season to be a blessing. And you say, Pastor Jake, what is that going to do for me? I've already bought all the Christmas presents and all of that. I might be feeling a little bit of pinch and have to pay the credit card bill. Uh, I think that God, in, in so many ways, in his kingdom, it's the opposite. You know, the world says to be fulfilled, we buy presents, we get presents, we receive. In the kingdom of God, it's to give. The world says fill your time with purpose and fill your time with, with uh, acquiring things and, and, and success in life. And God says, why don't you take some time to rest and open your spirit and, and not be busy, right? And then the kingdom of opposites, which God, uh, kingdom of opposites, which God's kingdom often is, the thing that will actually bring freedom to our soul and lightness to our soul and the gift that God wants to give us is doing the opposite of what maybe our natural inclination is. And so Christmas is a great time to reinforce and remember that it is more blessed to give than to receive and what better time to open our hearts in generosity. I would encourage you through this Christmas season to pray and say, Lord, what would you have me to give to? Maybe it's through your local church. Maybe it's through a organization in your city, whatever it may be, but just open your heart in generosity. And very last, and I promise this is last, don't forget to make room for Jesus in your life. Make room for Jesus. In Revelations chapter 3, verse 14, it says, Look, I stand at the door and I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Today on Christmas, most importantly, the reason for the season, it is Jesus. And I don't say that with any sort of trite or glibness, uh, you know, kind of dismissively. Today is about Christ and we're making room for him in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds, throughout these, uh, these various principles that I've shared with you and throughout this day. Hey church, I love you guys. Merry Christmas. Let me pray with you and we will go have a great time with the rest of our day. Jesus, thank you so much for coming to planet Earth and invading our story. Lord, you came down into the mess and the, the muck of our uh, sin and our sorrow. And Lord, you brought hope and light. And Christmas is the time that we celebrate Heaven's D-Day. When you invaded this planet with, with hope, with life, with love, we thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. We make room for you today. Lord, I pray that we'd hear these words and even on Christmas with all the various things we have going on and presents and meals and family and friends, that today we would at least take some time to open our hearts and minds to hear what you're speaking to us and make room for you. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody, Merry Christmas.